You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M, and we now know where A&M is playing to close out the 2021 season. We also got some quotes from Jimbo Fisher. We got some quotes from Dave Clawson. It is Wake Forest in the Gator Bowl. Let's go ahead and break all that down on today's episode. Thank you so much for making this your first listen every single day. You can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com, and of course, the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, my name is Cole Thompson. Name right down there below if you want to follow me on social media. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. So anything you can do to make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked On Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify. If you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Texas A&M going to an early bowl game, but also kind of a good bowl game if you really think about it. There was always kind of a conversation, and I did tell you guys, the best option for the Aggies, in my personal opinion, was to land in the Gator Bowl. I thought the Outback Bowl would have been a fun one. It would have been uh, in the likes of Tampa Bay. It would have been in the likes of all those areas. Instead, now we have the Gator Bowl, which will be played in Jacksonville, Florida, ahead of uh, the college football playoffs. So that's the good news that it's played on December 31st. It's a very early day. It's a very early game. Uh, all those things will be really important for Texas A&M to start the season off on the right note next year. And you'll be able to kind of find out where Texas A&M sits in the whole realm of possibilities of next real season. The opponent, Wake Forest. To me, that's actually a pretty good match because if you look at what Wake Forest does best and what Texas A&M does best, it's a high-tempo offense versus a high-scoring defense Two kind of combined together, it really does solidify what I think that both teams are looking for. And in my personal opinion, you couldn't really ask for better. Now, when you look at Texas A&M, what were the bowl games they were actually up for? One was the Outback Bowl, which would have been played in Tampa Bay. One was the Citrus Bowl, but the only way they probably would have gotten that bowl game would be Kentucky would have had to made the likes of the um, of one of the New Year's Six Bowl games. And the only way that would have happened would have been if Oklahoma State would have gotten in and they would have said that another SEC team at 9-3 and three is better than any of the other kind of components. So that would be a um, like an Oregon, a, um, a Wake Forest, a BYU. They would have had to go ahead and go up against those other players. So when that happened, when that was the case, that became the big storyline. So when you look at all that and put that into consideration, yes, it is a very good spot that Texas A&M is actually in a decent bowl game. What's the downside of this whole thing? It's an early kick. I mean, it, it is an early kick. That's like really the only thing you can take away from this is that it's a 10 a.m. kick, you know, on our local time. It'll be 11 a.m. in Jacksonville when the game is played, but it's a 10 a.m. kick, which is not bad. It's actually a really, really good kind of kickoff time. So I really like it. I really enjoy it. I really think that that's a good, you know, overall selection. But the other thing is that it is on New Year's Eve. So the way that you kind of, kind of look at it is New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, the Best of the best non-New Year's Six Bowl games are played. And the New Year's Six Bowl games are also played. There's also like a New Year's Six Bowl game that is played on December 30th. So they're not played then. So there's going to be a lot of football going on. And it's the way to kind of start your day. 
you also don't have to miss the college football playoffs. So it's kind of like a lead-in for both SEC schools. So in the way that you can look at it in a positive direction, Texas A&M is actually opening up as the like first act for Georgia and for Alabama later on in the day. Alabama, of course, getting the number one seed. They will be playing in the Cotton Bowl against number four Cincinnati. And Georgia getting the number three seed after losing to Alabama. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. They will face off against Michigan in the Capital One Orange Bowl in Miami, Florida. Overall, what is the thought process of this game? Um, you know, the best thing I can say is I saw this a lot on Twitter yesterday. We shouldn't even play in this game. We should ignore it. Well, then get more wins. And in my personal opinion, I've kind of come out and said this multiple times. I'll continue to say it. Finishing 8-4 and four with a revamped offensive line, with a brand new system, with a brand new quarterback, with a lot of changeover on the offense – to me, the biggest storyline with that is eight and four might have been the best you got. I mean, honestly, when you look at Zach Calzada and you look at the way that he played and you look at the way that he struggled and you look at the way that he was so inconsistent, nine and three was like probably like like peak ceiling. Like they were going to drop a game. I didn't know where. And at the start of the year, I didn't know what Haynes King was going to be. And I still don't really know what Haynes King is going to be. So Connor Wengman coming in is actually a really, really going to be interesting because of He's going to be an early enrollee uh, starting on January 6th, I believe is like the entry date back in. So he's going to be in the facility. He's going to be in the camp. He's going to be in the process of going and figuring out where, you know, where he kind of fits on the depth chart, kind of like Eli Stowers did last year. And there really could be a competition to where Calzada, King, and Wangman all are kind of battling against each other to solidify who is QB1 next season. Again, and maybe Haynes King is the best option. I mean, he really could be. Maybe Calzada is the best option. Maybe Wangman is the best option. But the good news is that Texas A&M's offensive line is likely only losing one player. That would be Kenyon Green. And if Kenyon, Kenyon Green leaves the team, they already have a guy who's played some snaps in Aki Obinobi, so he could come right in. Jameer Johnson, oh wait, I forgot, Jameer Johnson's living too, my, my entire bad. I don't really worry about him because of I look at Ruben Fathery. He's either going to be the left tackle or the right tackle of the future. And I honestly would give him a shot at right tackle because I believe Trey Zahn coming out of Colorado is actually a really, really good run blocker. And the way that Devon Chain moves the ball, he worked really well behind 76. So I do think that wherever Trey, whatever Trey Zahn's number is, I haven't really looked it up this year. I'm not going to lie. If he's blocking him, that would really help out. Then on the left side, you'd be the same way with Ruben Fathery. You also have Amari Daniels and LJ Johnson, two really good running backs who are solidified that one-two combination. I think that will make up the production of Isaiah Spiller. I also believe that we will hear about Isaiah Spiller leaving soon. And then comes the question of what about the other guys? Where will they go? Will they play in this bowl game? Will they leave? Like, like what do we do next? So those are going to be some things to look at going into this bowl game. But eight and four, you know, I said the start of the year because of the offensive line, I didn't trust it. And nobody wanted to listen to me. Nobody wanted to say that the offensive line was going to be an issue, which it totally was for the first five games, six games of the season. Yeah, it became a problem. It became a major deal for Texas A&M. It became a major issue for the Aggies all season long. So with that in mind, you have to look at this consideration. You have to look at the situation. You have to look at where kind of everything is. Eight and four might actually be the best opportunity for Texas A&M this season. 
This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Price Picks. All right, college football fanatics, have I got a deal for you. As the season is winding down, you're going to want to make the biggest bets of the year, and you're going to be able to find those right at Price Picks. It's your college sports daily fantasy. Price Picks offers more props than anyone in the world, and it offers everything from power five players to mid-major players. So literally every single day during bowl season, you could be betting on this. You could be adding in and making some fantasy moves that will help you win some money. When you use the promo code locked on, you will receive a 100% instant deposit up to $100. So say you bet $20, you'll get an extra $20. Say you bet $100, you'll get an extra $100. Two to five picks throughout the entire process. You can go ahead and make as many entries as you want per day. Use the award-winning app at the Apple Store or Google Play. Go ahead and the entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Prize picks is safe and fast withdrawals. It offers a bunch of different ways for you to get your money. So go ahead and get some holiday cash this season by winning at College Sports Made Easy with price picks. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com, and of course, the LockedOnPodcast.com. Plus, you can read all my great work at AllAggies.com. We cover Texas A&M 24-7, and we're going right into the heart of recruiting, which ends next week. That's going to be a big focus for us in the future. So, what did Jimbo Fisher say about the bowl game that you really need to know? Let's start with the first two big things, and these are really the more important things that we really need to talk about. Uh, DeMarvin Leal. So DeMarvin Leal declared for the NFL draft this past week, and he is not expected to play in the Gator Bowl. And that's okay. You know, I think a lot of people understood that he was probably not going to play. Jimbo Fisher said that he would be very shocked if the guy came back, if the defensive tackle was going to be on this roster, mainly because he didn't think that this was just going to happen. He thought it was just going to kind of be like, you know what? If you declare, you usually don't play. He kind of remembers that back in 2019. Justin Matabike declared right before Oklahoma State inside the Texas Bowl. He did not play. That allowed for the emergence of DeMarvin Leal to come. And this could be a really good game for Shamar Turner to step up. That's exactly who I'm looking for. Number five. You know, when you turn on the film and you look at some of the games that he was in, he actually was a really, really, really good player. He actually was a really, really, really good solidified secondary guy. But the biggest thing is when you look at him, it's that he was blocked in every single capacity. Jaden Peavy blocked him at one side. DeMarvin Leal blocked him at the other side. Then you have McKinley Jackson and Ardarius Jones and Dallas Walker. They all kind of took reps away. So now it's about finding out what a guy like, like uh, uh, Turner is made of. Because if you already know that Walter Nolan, the number two overall player, I think he's the number one defensive player, depending on who you ask on what major board is coming into the program, he's going to be the first guy that people are going to say, oh, he's 100% going to take over. Well, he could, but Shamar Turner can block him like DeMarvin Leal and everyone else blocked him. And again, history kind of repeats itself a little bit. Remember, in 2019, Justin Matabike said, I'm out. Goodbye. Later. And that was Case. So when DeMarvin Leal did that, when DeMarvin Leal came into the building, we all knew that at that moment he was going to be a superstar. And Shamar Turner is right behind. He is the next big time name. And the reason why I always talk about the offense struggling and ever the defense is because even with all the losses that you're going to see this season, I'm not really worried. I, I'm really not worried because of, think about it. You're going to lose Jaden Peavy just two years. You're going to lose Michael Clemens just two years. You may lose Tyree Johnson just because if he can declare for the draft, his draft stock may never be higher. You may lose, I mean, you're losing Aaron Hansford. You may lose Andre White. I don't know for sure. You may lose Miles Jones. I don't know. He still has technically an extra year, so he'll be going on year seven in College Station. 
You may lose Damani Richardson. You're for sure losing Leon O'Neal. But there's talent. There's a lot of talent there. And I can, I can do this really fast if I really want to. So let's just say that you do lose all those players. So Jaden Peavy, you replace him with Kinley Jackson. Shamar, uh, Shamar Turner, Walter Nolan, or even Shamar Stewart if you're able to get him. You replace the likes of them with uh, with um, DeMarvin Leal. Fadil Diggs, Danelle Harris, those are your one-two combination to replace Michael Clements and Tyree Johnson, uh, respectively. Say Aaron Hansford goes, well, you already had a guy who was playing more reps than both of them at times in Edrin Cooper. He's 100% going to be your leading linebacker next year and potentially the next linebacker first-round pick. Andre White goes to the NFL. Well, you still have really good depth behind both of them. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on the kid's name. Well, Chris Russell's one, and I'm blanking on the other one. So you have a lot of success there. You also have the cornerback position. Miles Jones may actually need to transfer at this point because of Tyreek Chappelle and Deuce Harmon and Jalen Jones and Brian George. They all could have a cover. Plus, you're adding in another big-time name. If you want to move Antonio Johnson out of the nickel and back to safety, by all means do it. Joshua Moten, who is a nickel defender by trade, would easily fill in at that spot. And if you lose to Monty Richardson, well, Jarden Gilbert has played a significant amount of reps. So you have talent across the board to where you're able to replace really, really good players with even better players. I mean, if you're really breaking it down, you have an opportunity to really replace it. Where offensively, you don't have that case. You lose a guy like Kenyon Green, you're hopeful that Aki can take over the reps, but you're not totally sure. Jameer Johnson, you're not totally sure if Trazon or Ruben Fathery or Blake Trainer can be that guy. Running back, Isaiah Spiller. You know Devon Achen can be good, but can Amari Daniels and LJ Johnson and a couple of other running backs that are going to be added into the conversation, can they keep up that same production you know, with the same type of style. I don't know about that. I do for defense. Now, the other thing, Haynes King. So Jimbo Fisher said that they could have sub packages made for Haynes King if they wanted to. They said that sub packages could be really, really use useful, but they also aren't expecting him to play as of right now. This could go into the conversation. It could go really down to the wire. It could be a decision made right before the bowl game, right before we see them take the field. 13 could be back on the field. He is healthy, which is good. But I really wouldn't play him. I wouldn't. The last thing I want to do is have an opportunity to rupture or hurt my QB1 once again later on. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be um, that person who goes out and has an injury to a quarterback that then sets him back even further. The last thing I want to do is ruin an opportunity for him to not be able to play in the spring football game because of... I know that King right now is the better option than Calzada. I think everybody knows that King is the better option than Calzada. But once you start getting injuries, they linger and they stay with you for a hot minute. So I think Jimbo's being really smart. If anything, at this point, I would maybe see what I got in Eli Stowers. I know that he's been playing tight end all season long, and I know that he's an athlete. And Jimbo has even said that, you know, they're converting him to tight end. But at this point, if he is going to transfer, which, you know, very well he could, he very well could be out of the program just because if he wants to play quarterback or he could just want to be an Aggie, he could just stay there for the rest of his life. I don't know. You might as well just see what you got. I mean, like, let's be real. You might as well just see what you have in this guy if you really want to, if you're going to run some sub packages. I mean, you could do a lot of different things, but for sure, Calzada is going to play in this game. I would love to see Haynes King play if he was fully healthy, but I just, I don't want to risk it. I just don't think it's worth it, especially playing against a Wake Forest team where you're going to be able to score a lot of points really fast. And Dave Clawson even knows that. It's, 
I know people want to see Haynes King. I know people want him back in the lineup. It it just isn't worth it. Like it it really just is not worth it to have Haynes King be your guy this year. Not because of I don't think Haynes King is good. It's because of the last thing I want to do is get him injured. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. The holiday season is right around the corner, and don't compare Built Bar to holiday desserts. We want you to understand that they're better than holiday desserts. They're so much better than anything that you could probably get, like gingerbread cookies or you know peppermint candy canes. No, 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 no. Built Bar is what you need, because Built Bar is not only delicious, and it's also nutritious. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. Would you rather be a raspberry gal? a mint brownie old guy, a cherry barcia kid, or a double chocolate man. Don't worry. We got as many flavors as you want. Built Bar gives you the extra fuel you'll need to bust through those mall doors and battle through holiday shoppers. You're just getting and standing in lines for endless shopping sprees. Guess what? Built Bar is a delicious, nutritious treat that will keep you going. Because the season is about peace and love, make sure that you are knowing that we, as the viewers, are passionate about Built Bar. We truly do love Built Bar. And guess what? I'm going to give my entire family it as a Santa stocking stuffer this upcoming season. So guess what? Go ahead and visit BuiltBar.com. Use it with a nice cup of cocoa. Have those marshmallow treats around the holiday season. Go ahead and fill up today. Use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. LOCK15 for BuiltBar.com. You'll have a ho-ho-ho holiday time with BuiltBar from BuiltBar.com. Christmas is right around the corner, and you're going to need that extra cash to go ahead in your spending spree, so make sure you go to the one place we love and the one place we trust for making those bets to get the moolah that's locked up. I mean, that's up. That's betonline.eg. Betonline.eg gives you the best buy-offs, the best bets, and the best wagers. Every single time you check them, get more props, odds, lines than ever before as football season continues to march towards the playoffs and, of course, the college football playoff season ahead. Head on over to the new updated website at BuiltBetOnline.ag and get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to receive the bonus. From basketball to football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, stop sitting on the sidelines, get into the action. It is the fastest and easiest way to get all your bets made. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. And thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. Now make sure your second listen is Locked on Bets with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, the daily picks, wagers, odds, and much, much more when you visit them at betonline.pg and at Locked on Bets. So I want to talk about the college football playoff rankings real fast because I don't think anybody got screwed. I know a lot of people out there are going to say, well, who do you root for in this? To me... You always rooted for Alabama. I think you always had to root for Alabama because of, in some fluke way, Texas A&M at 8-4 and four was actually posted online. You can actually look this up. I think it's on College Football Reddit if you want to look on Twitter. Texas A&M was actually listed as playing in the Fiesta Bowl earlier this year. And what was funny about that was I look at the Fiesta Bowl and I think that was actually a really good case. So what everyone thought, including Vegas, was... Texas A&M was going to win out, finish 9-3. and three. If they would have finished 9-3, and three, then they would have been in a New Year's Six Bowl game the way this whole thing happened. Because what would have happened was they would have been right on the cusp of being top 10. They were 15 coming in. They probably would have, if they would have won against uh, LSU, they would have been probably 14 or 13. And you look at the teams that were ranked, they were all in like the top 12. So think about it. Alabama... Cincinnati, one and four. 
Uh, you had Georgia and Michigan, three and two respectively. You had seven and eight, Ole Miss and Baylor facing off against each other as, um, what were they? Uh, yeah, they, they were uh, the SEC champion. I mean, the SEC representative, I guess, and the Big 12 champion. You had five and nine represented in uh, Notre Dame and uh, Notre Dame and Oklahoma State. You had Pitt represented at number 12, and you had Michigan State represented as number 11. I honestly think because of how the SEC does in revenue and how the SEC is built in the likes of, you know, fan base and how well they would have traveled, I honestly think you would have seen either Oklahoma State take on the likes of uh, A&M in the Fiesta Bowl, or you would have seen Notre Dame take on the likes of Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. And at that point, Oklahoma State would have faced off, or Notre Dame would have faced off against Pitt, knocking Michigan State out of the conversation. I really do believe that, because that's the way the College Football Playoff Committee thinks. They don't look at just records. They look at standings. They look at revenue. They look at all these other things. And New Year's Six Bowl games are always set on trying to build it up that way. So I remember when I went on Tech Sags not too long ago, and I said, I believe that if AM wins out, they will make the Peach Bowl. They will be the representative in the Peach Bowl and will face off against Pittsburgh or would face off against Cincinnati based off whoever you placed. And instead, they would have made the Fiesta Bowl. That would have been the case. They would have actually made the Fiesta Bowl, and they would have gone as an at-large bid. So if you don't think that, t- that people, and especially those in the college football playoff committee, are viewing AM as a viable threat every single season, you are sadly mistaken. You are absolutely sadly mistaken. They really are a team on the rise. They really are a team that continually shows that they are growing and emerging as one of the top tier contenders every single season. Go 10 and 2, you're going to make a college football New Year's Six Bowl game. It's going to happen. Go 11 and 1, you're guaranteed to make a New Year's Six Bowl game. And you may even well make the SEC championship. So for anyone out there who says, oh, well, AM is, you know, kind of being overlooked, they're really not. Because if there was a 9-3 and team that was considered in this conversation, which would have been Kentucky and it would have been Texas A&M, combine those two together, Kentucky loses out 10 out of 10. That would have 100% happened. And A&M would have gotten the bid over Kentucky. And they would have likely been playing in a New Year's Six Bowl game. It doesn't happen if the college football playoff committee does not view you as a legitimate contender every single season. So when people go ahead and say, oh, well, you know, they're only biased because it's Alabama. Oh, they're biased because it's Georgia. No, Texas A&M has earned a lot of respect in the last few years, and they're slowly moving up the ladder as one of the premier programs, not just in college football, but really in the SEC. You really have a drop-off after Alabama-Georgia. LSU, we have no idea what they're going to be underneath Brian Kelly. We have no idea what's going to happen with Ole Miss if they were a one-year wonder or this is the start of a dynasty with Lane Kiffin. Florida is getting a brand new coach in Billy Napier, and Kentucky has like this one year where they go nine and three in the next six and six. It happens every single season. So when I look right now at Texas A&M, they kind of feel like they could be the solidified number three team in the conference from years to come. And with now Oklahoma coming in and now with Texas coming in, they could really solidify themselves as one of those four Big 12 teams that has taken the necessary leaps to become a superstar club. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. On tomorrow's show, Quinn Ayers going to be a free agent. And yes, I am calling him a free agent because of the NIL deal for college football after transferring from the likes of Ohio State. And Texas A&M actually land him, but more importantly, does Texas A&M need him? We'll talk about that and much, much more on tomorrow's show from me and Alligator Loki. See ya. Take care, y'all. This has been 
Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.